thanks for being here, brother. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. It's awesome. Boston Celtics strength coach, uh, Iron Lover, hopefully. For sure. Yeah. Former basketball player. Yeah, uh, D three. So that's all I got. D three basketball. Hey man, <laughs> yeah, it's still good ball in the United States. <laughs> Where I'm from, yeah, it's, it's good. Basically, basketball. just like six six. Kind of strong dudes just hitting each other. Nobody's getting off the ground. <laughs> Eighteen inches, but yeah. Yeah, Felipe, you played in a in a yeah. yeah okay. Yes, it's it's like um, it depends where you go in the country. People yeah. say it's a D two NCAA. Yeah. Or, right? um, I don't know. I mean, it was fun to play last year. You know? Yeah, it was cool. D three beginning of the bench player, so let's go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. No, thanks for being here, man. And then the whole idea with this. With us strength coaches getting together is literally just to get the conversation going, and then us talking about the field, talking about your experience as a professional, your experiences in the NBA, and whatever else you want to share. With no, this is, this is pretty cool. I've been following it ever since it came out, so it's, it's yeah, good stuff for us. That's awesome. I appreciate it. So to lead us off, like, talk a little bit about where you're from, how you grew up, uh, some of the main experiences you had in your playing career and then later on to professional career and kind of how you got into the whole strength and conditioning thing. Yep, um, so I'm originally from Epsom, New Hampshire, tiny little town. Um, I actually still live in New Hampshire. It's where I live now. It's about an hour north of Boston. Um, so commute in every day. It's been like with the, you guys know with the NBA schedule, like we have very odd hours. So like usually I don't have traffic and I try to, to not let myself hit traffic ever. Um, if we have you know, 10 o'clock practice, try to get up early, get down there, lift myself, get training set up for all the guys, but uh, Boston traffic just, I don't know how Denver is or anything, but like it's, it's already down there. It could be so. getting earlier over there too, yeah, right? Yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, grew, up, grew up there, um, played baseball and basketball all the way up through high school and into college. Uh, hate, basically knew I was like into athletics and into fitness and conditioning, all that stuff. Um, stopped playing baseball just due to the fact that I was trying to play AAU basketball and basketball at the same time, but then the seasons of basically high level anaerobic type conditioning and all the stuff in basketball, then you go to baseball and you basically do like two laps around the field and then hit a bunch of like, I was just, by the time AAU season came around, I was just like, gas. Yeah. So I told my dad, I was like, hey man, can't play baseball anymore. Like it's actually affecting my basketball training. I had a much more large love for basketball. So kind of dove, fully into basketball in high school. Um, my dad actually worked with a guy who started his own personal training company. Mm -hmm. So I was the very first person that he kind of, he wanted to get this personal training company off the ground, but I was like the first test subject basically. So I kind of, at an early age, kind of like freshman and sophomore in high school, kind of like got a little bit of a taste for, you know, actual training for sport. Um, so he was kind of getting into it, you know, starting his own company. Um, after high school, after I finished my high school playing career, I was never really a school kid, never really academic that much. So I didn't really ever want to go to college, I had no desire to do that yeah, at all, yeah. it's just not really my thing. Um, so I ended up starting, taking a year off to kind of decide whether I wanted to go to college or whether I wanted to just, you know, be a start personal training and I ended up uh, that summer getting my personal, online personal certificate and then started working for his company and at that point he had built up this company into where he was doing adult fitness boot camps and he had probably 200 to 300 clients at the time. So it, it became myself, him and his wife were all certified trainers mm -hmm. and we were basically just leading 
30 people at a time for an hour to an hour and a half a day, just wow. adult boot camp. So like as a 18, 19 year old kid, like really didn't know anything, you know what I mean? At that point, just like really trying to learn, just being thrown into the fire was like yeah. one of the best things for me. So um, he did a lot of the programming off the bat and then over the course of like the year to mm -hmm. the year and a half I worked, or two years I worked for him, um, we kind of developed into where I was helping him do it and we, I had an interest in athletics, so I was less interested in like general population kind of training, more into, my passion was, hey, how does this translate to sport, how can I make athletes better? Mm -hmm. um, so I knew like going right off the bat, it really was, that's what I was interested in. Um, so we developed a subset company pseudo classes off of the main, uh, which was geared directly towards high school and college age athletes. And to be honest, like tried to get it off the ground. We had 10 to 20 people. It never really got off the ground, but it was just like an unbelievable experience for me just having to do all the programming. Mm -hmm. I believe all those classes, you know, testing stuff, see what worked, see what didn't work. Um, it, was, it was just a really good experience. That's that's really cool. Because yeah. then you basically got into strength and conditioning through the private sector and yeah. the fact that you were a former athlete. And yeah, I just like, when I was training for basketball with him, I enjoyed training. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, I, like, I, I realized like, kind of like, oh, I have a little bit of a passion for this. I didn't know that's exactly what I wanted to do, but I, like, I knew in the back of my mind, like, hey, this is something like I feel like I can run my head around. Like, I understand, like, not understand, but I, I can grasp the concepts that are trying to be, you know, taught. So. Um, from there, I worked for a year and a half. So what happened was we had early morning boot camp classes. So I would, we would have to get up. It was half an hour away from my house. So we'd have to get up at like three thirty in the morning to get wow. there for four to get set up for four thirty because we had some like early classes going. Um, but I, then once we had the you know uh, athlete only program started up, that was more like geared towards like afternoons and nights. Mm -hmm. So like what happened was I started working up until ten o'clock at night and then getting home, trying to pass it out, but you're still like, after you train, so yeah, you kind of like geared up still a little bit, and then you're averaging about four and a half to five hours of sleep a night, and then over the course of a year, I lost like 16 pounds of body mass, just like was training, but like couldn't keep anything on, I was eating a lot, but couldn't keep anything on, so I knew I was like doing physical harm to myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I told them, I was just like, hey man, like, I have a passion for this like athlete only group, obviously it's not making a lot of money, but I also like, I do like training, but I just feel like I have to go back to school, mm -hmm. so. It was a terrible time. Thankfully, we're you know on good terms to this day. But like he was, he was a good enough guy that he, I think, saw that and realized that hey, um, this is kind of work what he thinks he needs to do. So I ended up going. Didn't know exactly what I wanted to study still, which is crazy looking back. I'm like I should have just gone exercise science. But, yeah, for sure. Um, decided that I also didn't want to waste a lot of money figuring out exactly what I wanted to do. So I went to a community college mm -hmm. in our local area for two years. Did a bunch of general studies, but also any single class that had anything to do with the body, human body, so anatomy, anatomy one, um, biology, like all those things knocked off all those general credit um, classes. And then transferred that two year degree to the school I ended up going to from a bachelor's uh, in psychology in Pennsylvania. You finish um, like school and working with the private sector. And then at that point you were like, this is pretty cool, like I want to do this. Yeah. How did the transition happen to like strength and conditioning? You said you kind of started this like pseudo, like working with athletes, yeah. but it was a good experience. But then how did the thing start to professionalize a little more for you? Um, so I guess I'll take you guys through. So after I transferred to that D3 school in Messiah, I 
happened to find out I played basketball for them, but my head coach at the time, after I got there, knew I was going for exercise science and knew I was like very interested. And we had great professors there and really good um, classmates that were like really put, everyone just pushed each other, which was like awesome. Um, but I didn't realize that he knew I was from New England and um, the former strength coach from the Celtics, who was my former boss, was in the first strength conditioning class from Messiah College. And he was, at the, at the time, he was still the strength coach for the Celtics. So always knew that in the back of my mind. Coach was like, yeah, like see if you can contact him, get in contact just to like pick his brain and all that stuff. Um, so my senior year of, at, at Messiah, finishing up my exercise science degree, I really had no plans for the summer at all. So I'm like, all right, like I knew I was like behind the ball. I, like I gotta, I gotta figure out something like I need I know I just can't just jump jump into the exercise science field. I knew I wanted to work with athletes at that point. I knew I wanted to probably be in a college or professional ranks, but like it's not an easy jump just to yeah. like have a four year yeah. bachelor's degree and just jump right into it. Like it doesn't like stuff just doesn't open for you like that. Um, so basically, did what a lot of kids do and just started cold calling. <laughs> like, <laughs> looking back on it, it's like man, like I like I'm the guy who's getting all those emails now. You know what yeah, I mean? like yeah, like yeah. all of our emails are blown up with all yeah. this stuff and like. So basically, <clears throat> just reached out to Brian, a bunch of strength coaches in Boston. There's, you know, Boyle and mm-hmm. Eric Cressy and like all those guys in Boston to try to see if, you know, I could get hit on one of those to yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. get like an unpaid internship and just basically like not try to get paid, just trying to like learn, you know what I mean? Just try to like do my best. Um, so after seven months of every Friday calling and emailing, uh, Brian Dew, the former strength coach from the Celtics, finally hit me back and said, hey man, like we're playing Philly, I'm coming to speak at Messiah, like I'm more than willing to like basically sit down for an hour and talk to you. Um, So he ended up getting myself and my roommate two tickets to the game. We ended Mm -hmm. up chauffeuring him back to the practice facility so he didn't have to pay for a car. So it kind of worked out for both both parties. But on the way, I didn't realize it, but we kind of had like an informal interview almost on the way because he was basically looking for an intern, yeah. which I didn't really like realize at the time. Um, by the time we got to the game, after an hour and a half of conversation, uh, we get there and he has to go into the game and, he's, and he just said, hey man, like, um, I'll see you in, I think he said, I'll see you in June or May. And I said, what do you mean? And he goes, oh, you're gonna do um, like preseason with us. So I was like, all right, like, yeah, wow, I'll be there. Cool. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, so yeah. it's cool, so I like, got my foot in the door. So I ended up having to finish my bachelor's degree, I had to go to Nepal for like a cross-cultural course, got back. Uh, on a Friday was completely jet lagged, like brutalized, right? So I had like from Saturday morning till Monday to get my act together and like be good to go for Monday. So basically ended up getting down there on Monday, um, ended up starting to work part-time for his his personal training company. Mm-hmm. He has a company himself, but also being the intern for the Celtics. And after eight months, uh, got hired, or eight months to a year, got hired on full-time. So that's cool. just basically got very, very lucky. So, yeah. but. I did try for seven months too, so I got to give myself a little bit of credit, but I'm always going to be very thankful to Brian for giving me a shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I mean, B-Dew is my hero, man. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I mean, he has five kids? <laughs> six, six now. Six kids, six right? Now. Oh, man. No, he's my he's my hero. And so, he did this for like 16, 17 years. Yeah, so, and, and um, like I'm always going to be thankful like he did not have to respond to any of those emails. I was probably very annoyed at a certain point <laughs> from those emails, you know what I mean? And like all those calls, but like just took a shot and... For me, it worked out really, really well. You know, I mean, just got my foot in the door and, um, yeah. But that's funny. That's kind of like how I got um, Steve yeah. has, and then um, I would call him. I got his number. Okay. I called him for three months straight. Yeah. And Steve's kind of like, um, 
he never like posts people off in it, but yeah. he was like, coming back later. It's like, cool, yeah. at 6 p.m. I'll call him again. So I'll call him at 10 a.m., 6 p.m., it's your yeah. time of day. And he was like, listen, just come to my gym and yeah. let's see what happened. And I can literally you know. hear the voicemails for, or like the talk of Steve coming yeah. to the <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. funny. That's good. You, uh, you kind of like cross a lot of the, the steps of like accomplishing something that you want in your life, right? You went to the, okay, I want to learn about it. Yeah. You went to school and then say, I would like to learn more about it and maybe become a professional. And then you like, you work on the private sector and you're like, okay, I, I really like the athletic side of things. And then you're like, I'm going to start calling people yeah. to see if I can get a shot. And then, then you got like an informal interview because like just yeah. to show face and like, you and your buddy going to the game and talking to Brian and it was like boom 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 and then it's like you you kind of like put your money where your mouth was at yeah. every step of the way so that's pretty cool and I think a lot of the people that have been listening to this yeah. podcast whatever you want to call it they always ask like what do you think I need in order to one day be there yeah. right and you kind of like cross all of these off yeah. but what if, if you would think like in this league and from what you know professionally and what you've gone through, what do you think are some of the like main requirements? I think like it's, it's just hard because it's like one of those things like you need a base amount of knowledge. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like and in America, I don't know how you guys feel, but I, I honestly don't even know where both of you guys kind of got your degrees from. I don't know if they're American universities or not. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They are, okay. But Mine like, is half yeah, Canadian, half, half, half American. So I like, have a little bit of Brazil too. But So I, I ended up getting my master's degree while I was working through Australia because I just feel right now that like in American educational systems, right, you have a, like, it's a liberal arts degree, you know what I mean? So you have a lot of like, yes, well-rounded courses that make you a better person, like all this stuff, but like, to be honest, like, until like the second or third year, you're not mm -hmm. really diving into anything that of like substance for what you know at that point is probably what you want to do. So like in, ex in strength conditioning, my exercise physiology degree, there's probably like six to eight classes max that I actually feel like I use on an everyday basis. You know, I, yeah, I went yeah. to a Christian school, so we had a lot of like biblical classes too and all this stuff. But like it wasn't, I almost feel like I was a little bit behind the eight ball because I pretty much only got a two year, in my mind, a two year degree in exercise science and stuff I was actually like, physically learning about exercise science, yeah, yeah, around, yeah. like you take a lot of liberal mm -hmm. arts, like math classes, science classes, and then all that stuff. So I feel like just if you're, if you're studying an exercise science degree, if you're in that undergrad or kinesiology or whatever it is, just do your absolute best to really focus on the actual applicable classes for what you need to, what you want to do in the rest of your life. You know what I mean? Like I'm not saying take out the rest of school, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. those classes make sure you dive in really deep. I, I, the first couple ones I definitely kind of like skipped through, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Kind of just like yeah. passed on, got through it, like wish I had spent a lot more information or time actually like learning deeply that information, which is probably me of not being a super positive student, but like that's yeah, probably yeah. on me too. And then I think like just having an active continuing education um, curriculum for yourself, whether it's, you know, and it's, you know, scienceforsport.com, like any of those websites just to try to actively continually make yourself better. Mm. I think it's like, especially right now, like where we're not taking master's degrees classes, like unless you are, like just, just being able to better yourself on an everyday basis and challenge yourself on an everyday basis. 
whatever that is educationally, you know, whether yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. website or whether it's like, yeah. like I'm currently taking an online mentorship, which is kind of set up the same way as like a school class, even though I'm not getting credit. It's just something for me mm-hmm. to constantly challenge myself with to be a better strength coach. Yeah. Um, Do you mind sharing what it is? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's another Australian. It's, I, I found it through science, uh, sports.com Science for Sport, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah so. It's one of their... Uh, continuing education courses it's called core advantage okay. it's through an australian company basically it dives deeply in like a 18 different module mm-hmm. thing of everything it's it's really good information for like everything you should have learned in a bachelor's degree you know, i got like, you like, yeah. maybe the class that you didn't pay enough attention in like uh-huh. we're going right back in and we're hammering like it's it's very simple like most stern coaches probably know a lot of that information but just being able to like go back and like hammer it again is like huge so it talks about you know, even more advanced concepts like velocity-based training yeah, and yeah, like yeah. gym work kind of oh, stuff. Wow. Like, so cool. it, it, it covers the broad spectrum of strength, plyometric work, power work, you know, even all the way up to like VPT stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. And more on the, um, the I wouldn't say the, the nuts and bolts of it, but like the actual science part of the job and not so much the soft science part, which is the communication, art yeah. skills, I mean, all that stuff. That's probably a bigger part of the job too. Like yeah, you guys yeah, all realize yeah, yeah. like, yeah. like we try to, like, I don't think our programming differs all that much, you know what I mean? Like, to be honest, it probably doesn't need to, or, you know, like, as long as you're doing something with your players to try to actively make them better, like, the basics go a long, long way with all these guys. It's just yeah. that part is getting, first of all, getting the guy in the room, getting yeah. them motivated to get full effort. Like, those are the things that we all struggle with, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yes, they're paid millions of dollars to be an athlete, but that doesn't mean they love strength conditioning, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and our job is to motivate, is to challenge and try to just obviously make them better but um yeah give and take is a huge thing obviously it's, it's been kind of like a common theme right for sure for sure between yeah. all the people that came around and talking to us and it's like yeah. everybody like basically yeah and are like man i feel like i'm not getting anything done but like, <laughs> yeah. you are getting stuff done yeah, yeah, like, yeah we are getting stuff done it's just like at some points throughout the year you're just like man like why can't i reach this guy or like what do i need to change to reach that guy you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. like um We've been blessed this year. We've had we have a team that thinks what the performance staff does is very important, and we don't have a lot of guys that fight back a lot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, if we ask them to do something, like we're trying to educate them and explain why we think as performance staff this is yeah. vitally important. But like, we also have a group of guys that, thankfully, this year especially, like are receptive to that. So it makes it does make your job a little easier. I will say this is the first year <laughs> that it's been slightly better. So yeah, yeah. it's just constant battle every just day, that you know? trust right just that trust yeah. for sure yeah but i mean it takes years for you to get there and to get yeah. that trust yeah. even i'm sure you guys know like even i don't want to get overly analytical with this whole thing but like even adding one performance testing testing metric for like a team yeah. can be a huge thing it oh, could yeah. take an for entire sure. year to get that yeah. implement that one thing whether it's you know counter movement jump on force play like getting buy-in even on one simple thing like your testing battery can be a massive battery but like to be honest it's going to shrink just you know, buy and buy in with yeah. the So it's definitely a slow, slow drip process for sure. For sure. Uh, is there any reason that you go to like Australia to get your continuing education, your degree? And uh, I mean, um, you, it's online that you, you're doing, right? Yeah, it's it's, it's um, online. I, the conversion rate is one of the things. <laughs> so like, it, it definitely costs a little less than a lot of the American programs. Oh. I didn't really find anything. Uh, I was looking for an uh, American program on a, that was completely online because I was, yeah. I was working for the Celtics at, at, when I was looking to start doing my master's and I wasn't really seeing there was like one or two but like mm-hmm. the cost to 
the benefit ratio. Mm-hmm. Like I, I couldn't really see it. So then when you start looking outside of the US, there is a lot of really good programs mm-hmm. um, that have completely online. And I just feel like Australia, I have an Australian coworker. He's one of our PTs and we've talked about, you know, education systems all over the world. And when he came up through his degrees through Australia, it's a very like focused, which, which is kind of which is kind of hard because like as a 17 to 18 year old kid like how do you know that's exactly yeah. what you want yeah, to do yeah, yeah, but yeah. like so I, so I understand the concept of a liberal arts degree but like there like once you decide like boom that's, that's all it, that that's you're it. like diving into that so I just feel like I felt like hey I'm just gonna try and see what happens and the programming and from the degree like was a very deep dive into strength conditioning kinesiology really cool. so it was yeah. I definitely have no regrets at all and it made it a lot easier from a work perspective because it's completely online so mm, that's cool yeah because I mean it feels like about four years ago or mm-hmm. five years ago when like catapult came yeah, and like seems like australia just was about to take over the nba yeah you know it was it was that's why that's why i'm asking but yeah. we, have, we have two australians on our really? staff right now yeah yeah um that's cool yeah I, I, I do feel like they're just like slightly ahead of the curve with like the sports science side of like kinesiology and exercise mm-hmm. science so um I, I, that doesn't mean I don't feel like America's behind a lot, yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. just like I feel like some of that, those concepts came 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 to us a little later later on. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Do you, and then again, this is not like us versus them or whatever yeah, yeah, the yeah. culture, right? But that's a very analytical point of view that I agree with you. Yeah. Um, do you think when talking about the soft skills, right? Do you think? Uh, is there a discrepancy as well, or do you see it more like, like they also beating the same drum of like, very, all, I love all the information yeah, and the data, because they're super data driven, yeah, right? 100%. But then are they also talking about the other stuff? Yeah, and that's the hard thing is like, you can't be one or the other. You yeah, yeah. A good mesh of everything, so you have to have those soft skills. You have to be able to be interpersonal with mm-hmm. athletes and understand where they're coming from and what their background is and maybe like obviously I probably don't have the same background but like I can you know relate in, in some yeah. aspect and it's not just like hey here's a scientific paper that that's why we're doing this you know yeah. I mean? like there's there's other things that go into it. yes I believe that you know data and science and proven stuff should base most of your programming mm-hmm. but like that's like the easy stuff you know what I mean that's like what all of us, the basics you know what I mean the basics have been proven like all of us know what the basics are and then the stuff you were talking about the soft skills like I definitely think that's something that you as an individual coach have to learn and have to put time and effort into learning and um, improving and I don't think that comes just from you know downloading a PDF yeah, you know, yeah. study and reading that I don't think that comes from that I think yeah. it's works on you know you actually have to take time and work with athletes one-on-one and put yourself in their shoes and actually care about them and their life outside of this outside of this bubble outside yeah. of you know, basketball, just connect with them on a human level, I think is and obviously key. It's funny because like you mentioned uh, your beginning of your career on the private sector and then you kind of got thrown in the fire and yeah. you just coached. Yeah. And it's like, how much has that helped you for today? No, 100%. It's you like, know? you're dealing with, first of all, like from a physical standpoint, like all different body types. Yeah, you know, like yeah, six, yeah. Six, three, yeah, yeah. So your coaching eyes seeing a yeah, lot of stuff. And, like, and it's obviously with group classes, it's difficult to have one or four programs for an entire 30, you know, 30 person class. Yeah, for because sure. Because the body types are so different. Everyone's ages are so different. You know, fitness levels are so different. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, but it, it's, 
it's good to be thrown into the fire, figuring, trying to do your absolute best to figure out with a 20 person class, like with three coaches rolling, rolling, rolling around, how to make this as effective as possible for every single person mm. in the gym. And like also realizing that it's not just about the weights. It's like this six, six, 380 pound man. Who's like a behemoth is, isn't self-confident about himself. You know what I mean? So like giving, like connecting with him on that level, just to be able to, Hey, this is a push up. Like let's master this push up. Like, like all the soft things, like, it's not just pushing weights, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just, you know, connecting with people is, is, to your point, is, yeah, it was probably huge for me. That's funny because my first internship, um, the, strength, the head strength coach had a problem. So I was, you know, the intern for him. And we had 36 kids under the, the age of 12, plus 18 Chinese team, like a whole team training. Mm -hmm. And he was like, hey, I gotta I got go home for two weeks. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> oh, I mean, that was, it was interesting because like the Chinese didn't speak English. Yeah, so, uh, you know, as a Brazilian learning English is still, I mean, it, was, it was like, I made it work. It was cool. Yeah. Uh, like at the end, everybody was happy, but it was like, definitely like a unique experience. Yeah, just like, I feel like it's, it's happened twice in my career where obviously with the private sector, I got thrown into the fire immediately, but then when I got hired on full-time with the Celtics, I instantly became the head strength coach for our G League team. Mm -hmm. So I was three to four days a week up in Portland, Maine, which is about an hour and a half north of Boston, and then three to four days a week with the Celtics, or even on the same day, would come down and help out with the Celtics. But that, I was 100% in charge of all the programming for that. So that, that was another boom now, not, not just in the individual private sector, now in a team setting, you are 100% in control okay. of programming. You can test things out. At that point, I felt a little more confident, but mm -hmm. like still, you're trying things out. Like you're doing the work as yourself, you know what I mean? Like seeing how it, how it applies, and then like just doing your absolute best. And that's like just having somebody like trust trust you enough to put you in those situations is like is a massive educational for sure. experience. You know, what I mean? sure. you just have to like you have to prove yourself to that point to get put in that situation. Yeah. Is the hard part, you know what yeah. I mean? So like, is getting your foot in the door making sure every moment that you're in the door, you're trying your absolute hardest and you're giving your best. And then hopefully you get one of those instances where you can, boom, now I'm, tr now I'm trying something mm. myself. It's funny because you learn how to plan and program in a lot, in a different way, right? Because yeah, it's like you go in, it's like your first experience, like, man, I'm gonna hold, train the whole team. I'm yeah. gonna do A, B, C, D, and E. And then yeah, the head coach comes to you, yeah. <laughs> coach comes to you he's like, actually, we just gonna, Instead of 30 minutes, you're going to have to, like 15, yeah. you're like, shoot. And so like just half of it got cut. So that first year was actually, to your point, was actually just like that because the start of the year we started off, our G League team was performing two a days, basically for the first third of the season. Mm -hmm. So like, but every day I went up there, those guys were spent, like yeah. gassed, fatigued, yeah. like crazy. So a lot of the stuff we did was recovery work, like mobility drills, like just physically trying to get them to feel better so they could get right back out that night and get back into practice. So like um, over the course of time, like working with the coaching staff up there, like we definitely like had a load management kind of system that was a little bit like better and geared towards actual in-season strength and conditioning, which was a little bit better. But um, yeah, right off that bat, just like instantly like you, in your mind, you're going up there like, hey, I got an hour and a half a day with these athletes. Like, no, no chance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like, <laughs> there's no chance. Like, uh, to schedule and periodize just, everything. Woof. Yeah. Like, so like, it's like, you really find out what's important to you and what you actually believe in. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like, if you only have 15 minutes, like, what are the three things I want to get done in those 15 minutes? And what are the three things I think are most important? So I think, and I, I think we all still deal yeah. with that. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. 
Yeah. But that's cool. What a learning experience for sure. Yeah. What do you think? Like, and you can dive as much science as you want, but how do you view uh, your role as a strength and conditioning coach? How do you look at the human body? Like, like if if you kind of like branch off on your philosophy as a strength coach, like what are you kind of like where are you hanging your hat at and. Um, taking it back to like specifically basketball athletes, like obviously these guys, for the most part, probably only in like a, a decent college program for one to three years max, maybe four years. Like most of the guys that are making to the NBA level are one to two year athletes. Yeah. So like, first of all, you have to think about the training history of these guys. They probably, unless they were like blessed and went to a prep school that had like decent strength conditioning and, you know, or a high school that had like a strength coach there. And there's tons of high schools that have great strength conditioning coaches, mm -hmm. but unless they were blessed by having that, they probably don't have, they definitely didn't have a history up until that point. And very then low it, training, very age. low training age for sure. Yeah. And then through, through high school, they probably didn't get a lot of it. And then through college, even like you probably didn't see a lot of like decent, decent strength conditioning mm -hmm. adaptations coming from these athletes. So their training age is just so low. So going back to that thing and beating a dead horse, like the stuff that we do is so beyond basic. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's, like when I first came in, I literally walked in and there's multiple athletes on the floor doing push-ups wrong. Mm -hmm. And I walked in and I was like, like, you what, talk are we, about Omega like, wave and like, 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 <laughs> like, what are we, like, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? Like yeah. if we can't even get like the beyond basics, right? Like, like that's the number one thing. So like number one thing is, you know, however you want to dive into, you know, bilateral pulling, single leg work. Like we do a lot of like proprioception work. So a lot of single leg stance stuff with mm -hmm. our guys, basketball's perform primarily like on a single leg. So we do a lot of that stuff. Um, just having a full body emphasis for sure. And then just making sure you're inputting your plyometric and power type exercises at the right time, because these guys do get a lot of, yeah. a lot of stimulus, there's a lot of stimulus and a lot of loading on those tendons. Um, so just being conscious about when you actually add that and what the volume of that is. And, um, there's no perfect program. It's just like as a strength coach, like you you learn that and you kind of like I'm still learning. I mean, you guys are still learning. You know, what I mean? like what the what the perfect thing at the, at that time is um, in your mind for for your athletes. Um, yeah, there's definitely no perfect recipe. There's no one size fits all recipe for every single athlete. We got Taco Fall who's seven six, and we got Kemba who's we'll call him six foot. Yeah. You know what I mean? so, <laughs> uh, so like like even with that, there's all sorts of different body types and. I'm a very big believer in basic concepts, um, like transfer really well. So one of the main ones that we try to get with our guys is just intent of lifting. So mm -hmm. like, they're not just, hey, talking to a person while they're trap bar deadlifting. They're, hey, we're focused on this exercise. You're trying to put 100% effort into the floor, they're trying to snap this exercise up. Um, if you can get the guys to do just intent with basic, decent programming, I think that checks a lot of boxes. You know what I mean? And then sure. as long as you're, program is checking whatever your focus is, you know, make sure you get your single leg working, make sure you get your posterior hinging and anterior, like all, all those basic yeah, yeah, strength yeah. coach philosophies. Like I think it intent goes a long way. Isn't it crazy? Like we talk about all the fancy bells and whistles, it's, but then when it comes down to, we're talking about intent. Yeah. Like literally intent. <laughs> like that's, that's literally, Which is free. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody has it. Yeah. And it's like, it's like an effort level thing. And yeah. like, that's like the one thing is like, just trying to make sure these guys, like whenever they pick up a weight, like we're doing it in the best controlled way that we can. But like, if, if we're trying to go for some high intent, intensity mm -hmm. exercise, you're actually putting high intensity into the exercise, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which, yeah. Same with testing, right? So I was just about to say, yeah. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah performance yeah. testing, like we all know, like you have a massive testing battery of 
10 to 15 tests, but if you have no effort, if your athlete's not, if first of all, if the athlete isn't educated on why you're doing the test, and the athlete also has no effort level of the test, like what are you actually measuring? Like yeah. it's just like one week he does a counter movement jump on a force plate, jumps really, really high, has great intent, he's competing with all the guys, and then the next week he's doing it by himself. There's no competition. Yeah. Like, is it actually a fatigue drop? Like, is, is it a is there a change in height because like, or is it just because he's not giving yeah. his full maximum? So it's just like, and obviously we have a really good um, data scientist back home who can kind of like clean that data up a little bit yeah. and try to like give us the best possible results. But it's still, it's still, it's not going to always be perfect. It's skewed. So, it becomes like irrelevant almost, right? Yeah. Because now you're looking at are you comparing like oranges to apples or apples to yeah, apples? You know exactly. So, so it's. It's definitely difficult. So we obviously we're trying our best and doing yes, our best sir. and yeah. trying to connect with the athlete on an individual human like level, not only for like those concepts of trying to get the athlete to be better, no, man, but, but also about, be, yeah. we care about the athlete. We want my, them to be better personally and physically. My biggest question is teaching the guy the test. You know, should we or should we not? Because for example, you teach him the force plate, you explain everything. Yeah. And there's a day that he just like, you know, I know if I don't jump as high, they're gonna tell me that I'm tired. They're gonna not yeah. let me practice. So I'm gonna use that in my advantage. You know what I mean? I, I like, I see both ways, yeah. but I, I know, for example, I, I took time to explain to one guy mm -hmm. and he knew that's like, man, today I just don't wanna practice. Yeah. So he goes on the plate and just yeah. like, and I was like, come on, man, you, you gotta get going here. Yeah. It's like, oh man, it's all I got today, you know? So it's like, a, it's very interesting to see. To see, um, it's, it's like almost at the combine where the guys now are smart enough to realize that if they don't reach their arm as high and then do their vertical jump, oh, my vertical just increased by this much percentage. Yeah. But like the, the, the players themselves are getting more intentional. And, and, and to your point, like how much education is too much education? Yeah. I mean, like, do you want this player? But I think that's another thing that you have to, as a coach, you feel that out and you, you can, you can kind of tell the guys who are I don't want to call them shady, but a little shady, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Like where they just like don't love practicing and you know don't love strength conditioning, but so like try to cut corners a little bit. And yeah. I think those are the guys that we, we as a performance staff and a coaching staff, I think we all realize that like, yes, we want to track and we want to test these guys and we want to make it um, almost like a routine for them. Um, so even if the guy doesn't give good effort and just isn't motivated, like we still have them test just yeah. to get them in the mindset of like testing and like, yeah. Granted, like, not sure that's the best way to do it, but like, it, like what we found is like, if we can get going for a couple of years here of like getting, we've, hey, we've now, hey, these are the six most important things that we think we want to test for. And then we're just going to hammer those for a couple of years and we're just going to create this data bank of testing and hopefully it gets ingrained in the guys because when we draft guys, they come in, boom, they're in the system where, hey, this is how yeah. the Celtics do it. This is how the Denver Nuggets do it now. Like they don't like, is not trying to get guys on board rather than, hey, this is just how it is from day one. Mm -hmm. So I think the problem, the hard thing is like, you as a staff have to sit down and decide at one point, like these are the ones we're going with for what is, yeah. And like those yeah. could change too. So like, and then you're always gonna have like slight variations, but it, like we were saying before, any little addition usually takes a little bit of time for the athletes to kind of get, create buy-in on, so. For sure. Um, that was awesome about the, the testing stuff yeah, though. Because, yeah. I mean, I feel like we, as a field, we hang our hats so much on measurements. Yeah. But then it's also like, how are these measurements being collected? Yeah. Like what's actually happening on the test itself? Because yeah. now you're reading 
a, a report, but you have no idea how yeah. that was constructed. And we're like, we're judging ourselves based on this performance testing. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. our program's working or they're not working. It might not be that the program's not working. It might just be another factor, you know what I mean? So it's, it's obviously that's something that I didn't realize when I first came into it, but like that's mm -hmm. something that there's a lot of gray. There's not a lot of black and white, you know what I mean? There's a mm -hmm. lot of like interpreting data. And thankfully we have a staff that as a unified unit, we can kind of all help each other with that. But yeah. it's, yeah, it's not, it's not an easy, not an easy process too, especially when you have upper management who wants to see that yeah. boom on yeah. paper, like improvement or, or, you know, tracking, maybe it's not, you know, sub, subpar mm -hmm. uh, performance or fatigue or anything. So it's definitely not an easy concept and uh, something that I don't think anyone's figured out perfectly, yeah. <laughs> yep. especially working with NBA athletes. Um, but yeah, we're just doing our best. It's, it's almost like, uh, you could say almost chasing your own tail. A little bit. Because, and, and it's like you said, we try to set a standard, but then, oh, but then this research came out where you measure whatever, and then now you're like, should we add that, yeah. you know, discard it? And the other thing is like, what do you value from a time aspect? Like we always go back to every single strength coach. We have a set finite amount of time per day with athletes exactly. to get some stuff done. So it's like, if you want to go through a weekly testing battery and you only have two to three opportunities to get a 45 to 30 minute lift in with a guy, like how much of that hour and a half to two hours and a half a week are you going to use to say, hey, I need to do a full warm up for a counter movement jump, then followed by an IMTP, like full maximum strength pull. Mm -hmm. um, we've been messing this year with, before myself and my coworker, um, the, one of our other strength coaches, we had to do all the testing because we didn't have a sports scientist that was actively in the weight room with us. Mm -hmm. So this year we, we now have that. And he has taken on the great role and responsibility of in training, we get the guys warmed up and we try to have a somewhat set protocol of it. If it's trap bar day, they're doing these set warm ups, and then they do one relatively heavy set on the trap bar, hit it for like a strength, if we're going for a strength emphasis or whatever it is, and then right after that, they go on IMTP. So like it's ingrained, it's almost like a work yeah, set, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But like that only is allowed to happen because we have now a guy who's running that and I can send the athlete over to him and I'm still working with two other athletes here. So mm -hmm. it's not like I'm physically taking myself over, setting up the, you know, how technology is, setting up the technology is probably not going to work the first time. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, like, trust me. It's just like, it is what it is. But like, yeah. thankfully we've been blessed with that. So we kind of, every week we try to, you know, alternate we try to get counter movement jumps every week or every two weeks. And usually it's at the start of the program right after they've done their full warm up. So it's not really like, actively taking from my time it only takes like you know three to five minutes for a counter movement jump but he's he's right back into training so yeah. before where it was like the strength coach had to physically pull himself out like you would have to do a set warm-up for hey if you got five guys in weight rooms all five guys are in the same warm-up all five guys are going to test and then we're going to whatever time we have left go yeah. and train like doesn't doesn't work out well so mm -hmm. and i'm sure <laughs> you guys can relate but it's like almost like if you if you're testing an athlete and then you got three or four guys just kind of waiting. Now you start oh, to like man. like scramble, you know, like uh, you guys start uh, uh, like a plank or <laughs> you go roll yeah. over there. Yeah. And it's like, no, nah, if you have a designated person area and it's like kind of becomes part of the rotation. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> we all been through it. <laughs> it was yeah, like, so, uh, what? What am I doing? Yeah, yeah you over there. <laughs> like, yeah. So just like finding, making the best of your environment and. I'm not even sure we're in a, the perfect, like we found at the Celtics, we found like the perfect mm -hmm. environment, but like what we did during the season worked for us right now. Like and then I, that could easily change next year. But like, as of right now, like 
that that made it easiest on everybody to try to get some of the data, but also make sure the guys are actually getting some real work in too. Um, because we only have so much time, yeah. as you guys know. Yeah, no, that's yeah. awesome. That's really cool. Um, what of like speaking of your own lifting, like because I know like you mentioned a few times, like I've been lifting, I'm my own training, humble yeah. brag for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, There's nothing else to do on the bubble, fellas. What <laughs> your, like, what have you been messing with? What do you like to play with in terms of like, are you doing someone else's program? Like, are you program for yourself? How does that work? Uh, so I I program for myself just because I. I've always liked to mess with concepts and mm. try to, I have, I kind of have a rule for myself. Like I don't want to ever make an athlete do something I've never done. So I'm not saying I have to do the exact program, but I like, I've tried to do a trap bar for speed or I've tried to do, you know, a loaded, a loaded repeated jump or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I try to program for myself to be honest. I'm just trying to currently force velocity curve. Right? You have high force, you have high velocity. There's all these movements along the force velocity curve. Currently, seeing if I can move the whole thing over at once. So like you're doing, you're doing heavy, heavy, you know, three rep max strength work. But you're also doing some speed, you know, like repeated plyo type stuff, and seeing if that, and then trying to test myself and seeing if that whole move line can shift over after you know six to twelve weeks. But one of the main ones that myself and the sports scientists we've been trying to actively uh, mess with is uh, velocity based training. Okay. So we have our organization uh, th two or three years ago purchased. Uh, Two, to two or three different um, gym wear devices, mm -hmm. and we do a lot of the same same bar you guys have here, the Intex or Move View bar, um, and we're just trying to mess with. He's created a dashboard, which is actually pretty cool. That um, you can do a couple different warm up sets, like so, say moving the trap bar at you know one eighty five, two twenty five, three fifteen, and you take that last warm up set and you try to have the athlete or myself move move as fast as, fast as you possibly can. You yeah, take yeah. that. You take that. Uh, velocity number in meters per second and then you can kind of plug it into this dashboard and it'll spit out your estimated one rep max so like so and then so say it's 500 pounds that day right so then one bar down it shows you hey like we want to trade at 85 percent of that right mm -hmm. so then it just calculates yeah. out like hey this is the training load that you should be working at this day i think it has some sort some like huge value for in-season training because like if a guy's fatigued it comes in like you're, yeah. not, you're not basing what he's doing that day based on like a one rep max or you know estimated one rep max test that he took a month ago or three mm -hmm. weeks ago you're doing it it's current it's currently like how he felt that day so he walks in hits a couple warm-up sets and then crushes his third set and take the fastest velocity plug that in so like one day he might walk in and be uh one rep max estimated at 450 and the next day he's 550 you know what i mean so like or two days later so like that day where he's estimated at 450, probably don't, his 85% is going to be much different than it is yeah, at yeah. 550. So I think for, we're just like scratching the surface on all that stuff, but I think for in-season training, we could be a lot more effective of quickly, if we can do it in, again, quickly, if we can yeah. quickly do this, uh, much more accurate at testing without, or, you know, programming weights that should be moved without really guessing, which yeah. would be a lot easier. So It's, it's fascinating because really you're working with, how your nervous system is technically feeling that day. For sure. Right, and then it's appropriate for yeah. that. And especially in this environment where we're, we're literally playing every other day. Yeah. Like, obviously we're in playoffs, so like I think everyone's doing a little bit probably more, like loading is, came down a lot, right? We're probably doing a little more velocity-based stuff if we're, obviously depending on the guys and depending on your training style, but for us we're doing a lot more like lighter, moving things faster. We, we don't have a lot of recovery time. We don't have a lot of, like, you don't want to put a lot of extra fatigue on these guys. So 
Moving a three rep max, trap bar is probably not the greatest thing to do in between. So game, game's on Monday, today's an off day, game tomorrow, probably not the best thing to do, yeah, you know sure, what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, it's like, yeah. but going down the line, we kind of feel like that could be something that could have some real benefit. So, which would be kind of interesting. Just scratching the surface on it, so. Yeah. What are some things you like to read outside of training? I'm not big, to be honest, I'm not a big reader. Like, yeah. I need to get better on that, for sure. Uh, I have multiple books on my nightstand that I've been here for two months and I haven't touched them. Uh, but I've, it's good you have, though. I know. Like, oh, right there. Yeah, I had some books. I actually wonder, like, I'll, there's, I've never been a, a big reader. I've more been a guy that, like, is a visual learner. So, like, mm -hmm. I, like with online mentorship, I'm currently doing hour-long classes. Like, it's a video, you know what I mean? So you're watching the video. I'm not... I need to get better at reading, I really do. And like, I'm definitely envious of all the strength coaches who have like massive library of strength conditioning books because yeah. it's like, I, I've had to force myself to read some of those. Like, I've, I don't just like do it for enjoyment, you know what I mean? So, um, currently not reading anything, but just going through that mentorship right yeah. now. So about, take about an hour and a half to, usually an hour to an hour and a half a day, try yeah. to get through that. Have you tried audiobooks? Uh, if I also have commute, so I've, I have tried audiobooks and they've been really good. So like, uh, a couple of podcasts yeah. uh, I've listened to in the past. You guys probably for sure. Once you get your podcast going, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because like I'm like you, like I'm a slow reader, especially yeah. in English. So I'm like, like this is cool. And I, when I really like sit down and make time every day to read a little yeah. bit, it works great. But yeah. then audiobook came and it basically like changed my life because yeah. I can literally like be brushing my teeth, listening, and Listen actually it, yeah. engage yeah. into yeah. it. No, no, that's that's um, how I feel about it. And then it's like, I will brush my teeth, I will shower, and I will like get dressed every day. Every day. <laughs> and right. during that time, I listen 10 minutes yeah, of you gotta, just, stuff. You just got a routine for yeah. sure. So it, it really worked because I'm right there with yeah. you, like sitting down and start going through pages. It's just like, like one of those things like, when I'm going to read something, I want to like really enjoy it. And like, I think you guys all know, like some strength conditioning books, like, you read them, you kind of get through them. You don't enjoy yeah, every yeah, single yeah. one you read, you know what I mean? So it's just like one of those things, if, if it's an audiobook, I would definitely be much better with an audiobook format yeah. or a vi video format. It uh, helps me like lock in a little bit more. Um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely need to improve on that for sure. Yeah, that's cool. And then uh, you, start, you start reading a strength conditioning book and then they throw the crab cycle and I'm like, oh man, <laughs> I tried to learn this crab cycle <laughs> since I started school. It's but, like, uh, that's tough. <laughs> Uh, but basic understanding is it takes people a long way you know yeah I mean? like yeah it's like you say you just gotta keep trying your best and like, trying your best you know. get in a routine a routine is a huge thing like yeah. i have about a 45 minute commute to boston mm -hmm. so during that time have an audiobook like on the phone plug the phone in carplay audiobook can, uh, you're kind of zoning out but you're still like locked in you know you, got, you know yeah. you got 45 minutes to you know get an episode of whatever the podcast that you're diving into podcasts are huge for sure. Yeah. And you being efficient with your time. For sure. It's kind of killing two birds with one stone. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to performance, like, have you noticed anything uh, here at the bubble? Like, has performance helped? Has performance uh, being actually hurt? Like, because my guess coming in was like, okay, everybody's in this campus, or our guess was that there's going to be some really good performances happening mm -hmm. by the guys, right? Because you're eliminating distractions. But then we also noticed different stuff and I'm curious to see yeah. like what you observed. I think the one thing, I forget who I was talking to this yesterday or the day before, but one of the things is I was expecting 
and like knock uh, knock on wood, like a lot more soft tissue injuries, especially okay. in that first Is eight games. Right? And like I think it's a huge thing because we're not traveling. You know yeah. what I mean? Like even though we are playing every other day, like the travel of like getting guys after a you know you finish at. 10 or 11 at night, you get on a plane, you got a three to four hour flight, you're landing, like guys are hardly sleeping on the plane. Time like, change like, and all I feel stuff. like even though we are having such a, like a crazy packed schedule here, like I feel like guys are actually like recovering better mm. in this environment than if we had like even, you know, a two day block in between. Mm. Cause I feel like you don't have that hangover of the flights and you know, you're actually sleep, hopefully getting to bed at a decent enough time, depending on video games, all these guys, you know how that is. <laughs> but, yeah. um, so that's probably like one of the things. And, I just feel like guys, especially on our team, physically, I thought they would be getting a lot more like run down and mm. they're not as much. And we are trying to be very, very cautious. I'm sure you guys are too yeah, with yeah. like the schedule, but I was, that was one thing I was like a little bit shocked of. I was expecting when I saw the schedule come out, I was like, oh man, I don't know how we're going to do this. You know what I mean? But like, I think, you know, having food, walking distance, having, you know, massaging, massage and, you know, recovery modalities on the same floor, like having you know, I mean, Florida sunshine, you know, yeah, I mean? like yeah. vitamin D is huge for these guys. So I think just that, like, recovery aspect is going better than I thought it would be going, you know, yeah. what I mean? which, and moods, guys' moods, guys' fatigue statuses. I think, I think I, I just had a negative connotation to, like, when I saw the schedule, I was like, oh man, this is going to be brutal. It's going to be brutal. Because you know yeah. I mean? it was, what, 30 days of every other day you're playing. Yeah. And, like, I don't know how it was for you guys, but, like, it was very tough to say the least during that whole quarantine period yeah. with like the virtual workouts like that was yeah. not something that was easy and probably not the obviously any of us would consider it to be the highest quality strength conditioning like we're just trying to get stuff done trying to get guys tendons loaded like you know they're about to have to come back at some point and play high level minutes and jumping and cutting and all that stuff and if, you, if the guy's not actively doing it at their house and like how do you get a guy to do all those like yeah. mimicking basketball and NBA basketball game yeah. at their house is extremely extremely difficult so um so i definitely probably had a more negative attitude coming in here than a positive one but i've been like pleasantly surprised with how the guys have been responding and, and not to say we haven't had any soft tissue injuries at all like it's not a perfect world you know yeah, but like yeah. it's definitely better than i thought it was going to be but you see but those are cool interesting things to talk about because it kind of moves our field forward i think yeah for sure and so and it's, it's the same thing like we talk about this all the time but it's like it's like is this situation hindering us or is actually making us better yeah. right so i think it's like from a strength coach point of view it's been like cool like we don't you don't get to do this yeah, at yeah, all. Sure. yeah like we don't get to on the like road all, all we get to do is see you guys twice a year your place and our place like yeah, yeah. at halftime for like unless you come to the facility like at literally half court for 10 minutes you yeah, know yeah, like yeah. that's pretty much the so it's, it's cool to be able to in a hallway <laughs> outside of the tables just be able to stop and like talk to everybody it's been i think that's been one of the my wife's gonna kill me for saying this, but like that's been one of like, the, the cool, the cool things about being yeah. here is just like connecting with like the rest of our field. Who, yeah. Like uh, one of my things is like I try not to judge any strength coach on what happens at half court. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's like it's ten minutes, and you can't even get a speck of like what you guys actually do on a daily basis. But it's just yeah. it's cool to be able to, you know, actually interact with each other yeah. and actually learn a little bit. So and that, to your point, this thing cracks me up, man. Because like the people get criticized a lot right? like of like they see a, a, a famous basketball player doing something yeah. and they're like oh my god what is he doing yeah. and then it's like at times the guy's been doing this for however many yeah. years and who taught him was his au coach or yeah. like his high school coach yeah. and then 
power to them. Like, I'm not saying what they did was right or wrong. What I'm saying is, like, sometimes these players come with patterns that we got to just be able to, you know, mold or... And I think that's, like... I mean, it's hard, too, because you'll have athletes for one year. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard hard to educate that athlete. Like, it's just a slow... Like, we always go back to, like, the slow drip process. Like, there's multiple times I'll be static stretching a guy before a game. Like, do I believe in that at all? Like, absolutely not. But, like, does it get the guy... He's been doing that for eight years and we're actively trying to educate him of like, hey, like if you want to get some static stretching, we'll do like a little bit of a movement based static mm-hmm. stretch. But sure. also if you if I'm doing this for you, you pregame for me in the back have to be doing some like active mobility or active some some type of banded warm up, some part like, of shit. Yeah. Like it, it's like a give and take for sure. So like that again, going back to the thing, like I'm not judging anybody in the league what happens at half court. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like you, you're going to get a player for a year. He has, he has likes and dislikes and like, it's a major placebo effect. Like, am I going to tell our all-star player who's been doing this for six years that he can't do a hamstring static stretch before mm-hmm. a game that he's done for the last six years that helps him lock in he's, on every single He's done this like, for his whole life. Yeah. So it's, it's like, are we trying to educate them in the back for them? Maybe there's something better to do. Like, yes. But like at that active time right then and there, like I'm probably not going to be doing a, pure true static stretch i'm probably gonna be trying to get some range of motion in there like with him but he he thinks he's getting what he wants it's it's more just him sitting there locking in like he might as well just lay on the ground and just like meditate for five minutes you know what i mean it's like it's almost the same thing yeah see but that's the art of coaching in my opinion it is and it's more than training like we are there to make you feel ready for that yeah, game 100%. to make you feel ready like you say aesthetic stretching sometimes it might not do anything for yeah. you but just by standing stretching you it's like you think you're gonna perform better yeah. it's like, like cool let's do it placebo effects a huge thing so yeah. those are some of the nuances that yeah nobody you don't want that in a bachelor's degree for yeah. and there's no year, article like, written yeah, about this listen you will have to do certain things yeah. that according to research are not yeah. the best or whatever yeah. but you're gonna end up having to do it anyways or like i worked in college before and we talked about this another time but it's like Sometimes you're under the pressure of the head coach or the institution to do certain things. Yeah. Or like they want to see a result in a bench press test. Yeah. Are the girls getting stronger? Like, uh, are we talking about bench press? Like, yeah. why is that really important for basketball? Yeah. But it happens. It's you like know? a three mile run for basketball, same thing. <laughs> it's just like, all right, coach, we'll do this. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. But, and then again, it's like, as a professional, you just got to be able to kind of navigate those waters. Because right? yeah, if you're sure. just like stuck on the research and on what's optimal, yeah, but people might start pushing you out because yeah. you don't understand how the reality really is. Yeah. It has to be an evidence-based program, but it can't be an evidence-only based program. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it has to I be like, like that, yeah. that's a, there's a huge give and take and huge gray area and not everything's going to be perfect. Not everything's going to be in a paper, but like every, the basic stuff that we do should be based on something that has been proven. Mm-hmm. You know what Absolutely, I mean? yeah. The rest of the nuanced stuff, like nobody, nobody teaches you that stuff. Nobody teaches you how to d- defend yourself against static stretching pregame or like any of those like concepts yeah. which are just so to be honest like so minute and minuscule and probably have zero effect you know what I mean but like yeah. as a strength coach we just actively want to do the best job we possibly can so like anything that we can try to help educate our athletes to be maybe this version's not great let's try this one like mm-hmm. um, I think it's huge and then interesting because it just I had a, a flashback but it's like uh, and I'm sure this might have happened with both of you at some point but like someone just lays down and be like, hey, can you stretch me? Yeah. 
Like, it happens, man. And it's literally like, you basically, what are you gonna do? Like, uh, no, I'm against stretching. Like, you have to at least engage in a conversation and be like, let's try this, or let, let me, you know? And I feel like young professionals coming into the field, they gotta have at least the experience of like, have you ever stretched someone? Yeah. Have you like, just because it's gonna happen. Yeah. And, and I, th I feel like we're like, all coming across as very anti-static stretching, yeah, but like yeah, there's, yeah. It's, no, there's it's, just, it's, exactly, it's just like, yeah. there's a time yeah. and a place for everything. For and sure. You know what I mean? Like there's better times and better places for things, you know, for sure. But yeah, it's just, there's very nuance and everything. So. Yeah. That's interesting. But, um, so we have a little thing, you know, we're both from Brazil, right? Yeah. 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 So that's why we came up with this because a lot of what we're doing is, Give some information down there. How, how are you guys doing this whole like Spanish translation? Are you a actively doing this whole thing again in Spanish? Uh, like, no, obviously not me, but like, are you guys talking Spanish to another video that's no, Spanish? No, 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 no. We speak Portuguese. So, yeah, Por oh, yeah I said Portuguese. You go, you go. No, he did. Uh, I, I didn't edit that out. <laughs> but uh, we we doing all the podcasts in English and in Portuguese. Yeah. It's like uh, we still working on you know, maybe doing subtitle or something yeah, like yeah. that. This is literally like whenever you don't follow a strength and conditioning program, you just get to the gym and start lifting. Yeah, that's me. That's kind of what we're doing right now yeah, with the podcast. <laughs> gotcha. We start, you know, recording stuff, talking about it. We get good, different ideas and we just kind of, which, I mean, this is our creative side. So yeah. it's like, we can do this here. So. Uh, I like the video editing. Everything looks great. So yeah. Good so job. we do have some help with that. Yeah. But, um, so what we usually do is like, like, cause it would be hard to interview people in Portuguese or like yeah. the editing times in, in putting like subtitles in Portuguese. Yeah. But what we try to do is um, we'll make like smaller videos, record smaller okay. videos of like us talking about some equipment or yeah. different stuff in the bubble, just training in general, like kind of like, but then we kind of surround the bulk of the actual more interview content in English, which what was the reason why we kind of started this is like, how'd you guys get there? Yeah, yeah. That was a big question that we get all the time. All the time. And yeah. it's like, well, I'll tell you one thing. Cause they always say like, we want to be there one day. I'm like, oh, you're going to need to learn how to speak English yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at some point. So it's, it's funny that like every single person that I've done this podcast or um, stories are very similar. You know what I'm saying? From like Shapiro that's been the lead for, 17 years to John to just want to talk. It was like the stories are very, very, very similar. Yeah. You know? I think one of the things that I don't, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but like I don't get a lot in my inbox is just those people, like no text, no voicemail, no nothing of just people wanting to help with no ulterior motive. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so like, I feel like a lot of the strength coaches I've talked to went into it with that. They were like one of the few, like, I tried to be that of like, hey, I don't want to get like hired. Like, I, I just want to like help any way I can. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. if that's if me helping is not being involved, like, cool, whatever. Yeah. Like, at least like, I got a response from it. But I feel like that that is something that like every single strength coach we see everything. We see like everything that gets sent to us. Like, we see all the resumes. We see everything. You know what I mean? Like, it's 2020. Nobody yeah. misses texts anymore. Nobody misses nothing. You know what I mean? Like, we see everything. But like the way that you can. It's very difficult, difficult in a digital age when there's no picture attached. There's no, mm -hmm. you know, there's no interpersonal nature about it. But like, if you start off basically like saying, "Hey, like, look for a job," or like, it just is not gonna come all, come yeah. over well to us. You know what I mean? So, like, 
it's just one of those things like I was that person you know what I mean like yeah, I just yeah. happened to not really know but like just be like hey I just want to help yeah, you know what I mean yeah. like and I'm not even saying like that's going to work yeah. but I'm just saying like that's the attitude you have to go in to try to get into if you don't if you don't have any other connection and you're just cold calling everybody that's the attitude you have to go into it and actually follow through with that you know what I mean like yeah. actually work for nothing actually get up at 5 a.m. and stay until midnight you know what I mean like actually grind for you know a year two years whatever it takes you know what I mean like if you if you want to do it like you have to make it for yourself for sure so. and to Felipe's point it's like your story with a lot of the other uh, guests that we had they all had you know the volunteer experience yeah the I'm gonna call someone that I know in the hopes that they can help and I'm gonna offer my time to just learn yeah. and just be there and then the whole idea of like basically chipping away sure. to slowly climb nobody was like I was doing whatever, like working in my personal training studio, and then I got a phone call, and it was a GM wanting to hire yeah. me. You know, yeah. like so, it was it was uh, pretty cool how we can find all these like intersections mm -hmm. of how professionals get to where they're at. Yeah, and like the instant the door gets cracked open, you have to make it. You have to jam your foot in the door, and then make it completely known why you shouldn't be kicked back out the door you know yeah, what I mean? so yeah. you have to give everything like the instant you get that opportunity if you get that opportunity you've got to make the most of it you gotta work yeah. absolute hardest whether it's like I, i'm a big family guy but like you do have to make sacrifices with the family like when, sure. I, when i was first getting in it like hey like friends not hanging out for you know months you know what i mean like i'm just like dedicate yourself focus to like one thing yeah. you just gotta focus on it so it's like there's no guarantee in your life you're getting another one of those you know what i mean it's like it's like championship. Like, there's no guarantee you're making playoffs next year yeah, or getting yeah. to the finals or any of that stuff. So, yeah. make the most of it while you're here. No, that's awesome. Um, I think that's it, man. Appreciate, Appreciate it, the time. Yeah. Appreciate you, man. Usually, give it. And then, what we try to do is get you to speak some Portuguese. Oh, boy. Jeez. There's, so, a, lot of, there's a lot of Brazilians in Boston. There is. is there? Yeah, that's there's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boston, yeah. yeah. So, um, we, we're just going to say thank you, which okay. is obrigado, and all you have to say is de nada. Okay, I got, I got that, I think. There you go, <laughs> obrigado. De nada. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> Appreciate it. That um, that's awesome. Appreciate you, man. That, yeah. was, that was great.